great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can keep more of what you have. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com, and our team at both websites working really hard to help you through this rough time we're in with coronavirus and the effects on your and my wallet. Now, I want to talk about the latest actions in Washington to try to provide relief to small businesses. And it's being referred to as Stimulus Bill 3.5, passed the Senate, will have a vote in the House hopefully tomorrow, and then the president has said he will sign it. And what it will do is for the payroll protection program, it will provide an additional $310 billion. $60 billion of it is being set aside, so $250 will go in the channels that the first $349 billion went. But of this new one, $250 will go there, $60 billion will go specifically to specialized lenders that all they do is deal with small businesses. This is a reaction to an unbelievable series of corrupt acts by the nation's largest banks where they manipulated the borrowing process for the payroll protection program and specifically made sure that virtually all the money went to very large corporations and publicly traded ones in many cases and not to the small Main Street kind of businesses that the payroll protection program was designed for. So the banks exploited the system, cheated the purpose of it, and gave the money not to the intended recipients, forcing the money to run out almost immediately. And I've got new stats for you on that that are absolutely horrific. The nation's largest bank, Chase, has apparently a setup where their largest customers are in a separate operation at the bank. Those large customers that are publicly traded companies and big private companies were ushered into a process to apply and get approved for the payroll protection program loans, roughly 5,500 of them, somewhere close to 100 percent, 99 point something percent, got approved and got the money. On the other hand, small local businesses employing 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, 50 people, 100 people, whatever, only 6 percent of their loans were approved for tiny money. Now, apparently what happened at Chase is not different than what happened at the other giant monster mega banks and at several of what are known as the super regional banks, which is the second layer down. The president yesterday said that he wants these companies that game the system and cheated small businesses out of the money that was intended for small businesses to pay it back. We'll see if they're rushing to pay that money back so it can go instead to the small businesses for which it was designed. There are a number of class action lawsuits against the giant monster mega banks for cheating this program 
and putting a nail in the coffin of small local businesses. And I'm hoping as those lawsuits progress that the real dirty laundry will come out about the horrific behavior of these banks. One result, though, I think this next $310 billion will actually go to where it was intended. If you are a small business owner with a small number of employees and you had every door slammed in your face trying to apply for the PPP last time, I think this time you will not necessarily be welcomed with open arms, but you'll find that the process will more likely than not work for you getting the loan so you can keep your business in business. And even if one of the banks treated you like dirt in the first cycle, I think there's such a spotlight on their crooked behavior that you'll see a different tone this time around. But then also there are going to be these other sources where you're going to be able to go do loans. And I don't know yet where there's going to be a list of who these alternative lenders are that you'll be able to go to. But as soon as there is such a thing, we will post it at Clark.com and I'll give you a heads up here on the show that that's the scoop. Now, in addition to this, the very troubled idle program, the uh, emergency disaster loan program that failed right out of the gate is getting new money to fund loans. And that program's been so troubled, you may have heard that a bunch of people's personal information, including their social security numbers, was leaked um, over sometime over the last week. And the only thing the SBA is doing for them is saying they can have a free year of credit monitoring. I mean, come on. Just, just a terrible, terrible disaster underway. And I don't know if the new funding for the idle will help people who've applied and have been told they're in queue or there's no money available or whatever, because the number of people who applied for idle loans is so large, I'm not confident that the additional money Congress has offered will be enough to have a serious impact on that program. But having uh, nearly a third of a trillion dollars of additional money towards the PPP should help. Uh, by the way, uh, side note, $25 billion went into this new bill specifically to deal with testing because we know now that if we don't come up with a protocol for proper testing to see who has coronavirus, that as states try to open back up, we're very likely to have ugly outbreaks of coronavirus that would put the economies back into deep freeze where states are trying to warm them up. And then $75 billion additional for hospitals that are straining so much with massive spending because of coronavirus added on top of what already was voted by Congress but has not been allocated to the hospitals, which I think in total is $140 billion that is either in the queue or part of this new bill that, again, the president intends to sign as soon as the House adopts it. 
So what we're doing here is you're posting so many questions at clark.com slash ask for me that producers Kim and Joel are asking questions for you. And Kim, who's up first today? Up first today is John. He wants to know if there's a good way to take advantage of the current low oil prices as some sort of an investment. It would be highly speculative at this point to buy into the industry. But if you wanted to do a play on it, probably the best instead of buying an individual stock would be to buy an oil industry ETF. Uh, exchange traded fund and there are a number of these available if you use a discount broker you can see a list of the various uh, exchange traded funds which are kind of like mutual funds that trade as stocks and there are a bunch that are available that you'll see if you search ETFs available at your um, discount broker. So these exchange traded funds have been very unloved recently, the oil ones, and that would be a way for you to, again, very speculatively, ride the recovery of oil when it eventually comes. You'd have to be prepared to stay invested for a good period of time. The advantage of ETFs, though, is you can buy them as you wish, sell them as you wish. They generally have very low expenses and mostly can be bought without any commissions or sold without any commissions, which gives you an opportunity to play that sector of the market. But let me say for the fifth time, this is very speculative, buying an oil ETF, oil industry ETF, and know that you could... Uh, lose a lot of the money that you would put into one even now with oil so unloved and the values driven way, way down. Joel? Clark Kristen says, I'm a licensed esthetician. I'm a solo practitioner, business owner, but my state's governor just said that businesses like mine can reopen this Friday. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to give someone a treatment without running a huge risk of spreading the virus. And I've decided to voluntarily stay closed for a while longer, at least until I can get the appropriate supplies to adhere to these regulations. I've been closed for several weeks, basically living off my credit cards. I've applied for the small business loans and haven't heard a thing. I still haven't received my stimulus money either, even though I've been filing and paying taxes. So my last hope is those unemployment benefits. Since the governor has decided to reopen my industry, does that mean I won't qualify for unemployment? No, I think that um, there's going to be a lot of discussion about this going forward. States are freaking out about their unemployment compensation funds running dry. And that's part of the reason why a number of states are trying to open up before effective and uh, thorough testing is available for who does and doesn't have coronavirus. So you are on your honor to say that you have no business, that there are no customers. And so that would be the basis as a self-employed individual under the temporary federal rules for unemployment compensation because of coronavirus, where you're eligible for the $600 a week federal money for four months, and you're eligible for state unemployment that normally you would not be eligible for. And just because 
your profession is no longer a banned one, it doesn't mean that there's going to be customers. Uh, one of the things that's been clear from other countries that have not gone into any kind of lockdowns or anything like that, or shelter-in-place kind of things, is that people have chosen not to avail themselves of services that put them at risk as customers. So even though an activity is now permitted, the odds that you'll have customers beating down your door saying, I want this and I want this now, very, very unlikely. And your claim for unemployment likely will be processed successfully. Although I don't run state unemployment offices. Kim? <laughs> Robert says, I'm wondering if we should cancel our flights to Hawaii from May 8th to May 18th or wait for the airline to cancel them. We usually go once a year around the same time. So if we got a credit, we know we would use it. But this kind of feels like a game of chicken because we would rather the cash. I don't really want to go to Hawaii if they don't cancel the flight as there's still a 14 day quarantine in Hawaii for all visitors. Okay, wonderful question, and you do wait this out because airlines have so reduced um, air service to Hawaii because of the quarantine that you just referred to, the 14-day quarantine. So I'd say you just wait till just before your trip. If the airline has not canceled your flights, then you go ahead and accept the credit. If the airline has canceled your flights, then you request your refund which you're legally entitled to and joel who do you have a question from clark mary rose wrote in she says i've applied for a refinance on my mortgage i understand that oil prices affect mortgage rates though so would i be smart to lock in at 3.25 or wait to see if rates drop further with oil now in the negative so oil does not specifically affect rates on mortgages and there's a different series of economic indicators that affect mortgage rates it is possible that mortgage rates would go lower but the three and a quarter is such a good deal that i would feel comfortable taking that deal and knowing that you're going to have a great great mortgage rate and payment for years to come every day at this time you usually hear the clark rageous moment but it is an hibernation as we try to bring you good news in the midst of the rough times we're in right now. And so we're calling it the Clark Rave. I want to tell you about a factory in Pennsylvania. I read about on the local Fox TV station, a news story that they posted, where this manufacturing plant makes materials needed to make the N95 mass. Well, over 40 employees of this factory in a town called Marcus Hook, Pennsylvania, volunteered to move into the plant and live there. They set up a live-in rotation to make sure that they could make the key materials for the N95 masks for hospital workers around the clock. They worked 12-hour shifts, seven days a week for a month they had uh, cots they could sleep on groceries internet access but you know the reality is if you're working 12 hours a day seven days a week 
probably all you're really interested in doing after you finish that is sleeping. But think how great it is that people show in a time of need this kind of dedication to make a difference for others. So I want to salute these workers at the factory who were doing this to see that our healthcare workers are safe. And there are so many examples like this that I'm going to share with you day after day because I want you to know you find out what people are made of, not when times are great, but when we're in times of trouble, either in our own lives or in society, the people who step forward to make a difference, thank you. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Well, I want to talk to you about something that is actually a positive from three companies that I talk nothing but trash about, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. These three credit bureaus are required under federal law to make one copy of your credit report free each year. But the three of them are now offering you access to your credit report three times a week for free. Not once a year, three times a week till April of next year. Now, the reason is because there's so many inaccuracies that are going to be posted on credit reports over these months that this is an opportunity for you to see what's going on with your reports. And the sooner you see it, the quicker you can start doing something about correcting the errors. Now, here's where the errors are going to be so significant. There are a number of programs where you are able to go into forbearance for a variety of things. As an example, uh, most hold, holders of mortgages, if you have a mortgage on your home, you are, if that loan is underwritten behind the curtain by the feds, which most are, you are eligible to apply for forbearance from your mortgage lender. And what that does is allows you for up to six months of hardship in your life to not make payments on your mortgage and still be considered to be current on the mortgage. There are already published reports that mortgage lenders are reporting people as delinquent in forbearance situations. Checking your credit report um, often will catch that quickly, and then you go to your mortgage lender and you say, wait, 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 under the law, you are not supposed to report me as delinquent because of coronavirus. And it's not just that you decide not to pay. You have to specifically petition to be in a forbearance program with your lender. Now, that's one example. A second one is in the event that your credit card company offers you a payment holiday. I've noticed on two of my recent credit card statements that they're offering me the option of not making a minimum monthly payment on my next billing cycle, my next payment date. And 
when a lender offers you something like that, they are technically not supposed to report you as delinquent when they have offered you a payment holiday. On the other hand, if your lender offers you nothing and you just stop paying, you'll be reported as delinquent. But this is all so slapdash and haphazard that things will happen that are mistakes or lenders won't follow the law, depending on the circumstance. So you need to watch your reports very closely. Regardless, I'd love for you to sign up at Credit Karma, where you're able to see a facsimile of your credit scores free whenever you want, and you're able to see your credit reports whenever you wish as well. And that is evergreen. That has nothing to do with this special offer from the credit bureaus, specifically to allow you to see your reports for free for the next uh, almost year in front of us, you'll be able to see your report three times a week for nothing. And uh, Kim and Joel are asking your questions for you that you've posted at Clark.com slash ask. And Kim, who do you have? This is from Christopher. He says, my family's income is secure. We are very grateful. We moved back to the U.S. from overseas due to COVID-19, and now we need to buy a car no later than September. That's when our transportation allowance runs out. When do you think used car prices will completely bottom out? We want a late model but fully loaded sedan. So used car prices are down 11% month over month, year over year. So they've already declined by numbers last seen in 2010, I think, or nine, where there was a huge decline when you look at the same month a year ago versus today, where there's been these big drops. So we're already experiencing it. There's a lot of predictions by people who work in the automotive industry that this is just an early signal and that over the next few months, as the used vehicle market floods with product, we'll see the prices drop even more. Don't know if that's true. Some of the reasons why there's a belief that that's the case is rental car agencies have massive fleets of rental cars that are sitting unloved, unwanted, and those will come into the market. I've talked about the lease vehicles that nearly 100,000 lease vehicles per week, I think is the number, are coming back from leases, maybe 90,000, something like that. And there's no market for these from buyers as the purchase market is down right now about 60%. So I would say that things from a buyer's perspective are really, really phenomenal now not for a seller, and will be better over the next couple of months. After that point, who knows? I mean, let's hope that there is a successful treatment for coronavirus by midsummer. Um, but I think you'll be fine late summer finding really good deals on used cars just because of the overhang of supply that will exist. The Remember, the lease market... You're seeing a lot of three-year-old vehicles coming into a market that's not interested in buying, and the rental fleet for rental car companies generally are one-year-old vehicles coming back into a market with not a lot of interested buyers.
Joel. Clark Say says, my cable bill is ridiculously high, around 200 bucks a month for TV, internet, and home phone. My question is, I came across a device online that promised excellent, fast, and reliable quality TV service. Is it worth cutting the cord and going with one of these devices where you pay a fee one time for the device and then they offer you free streaming content? Um, well, is it worth it? It's quite a deal, but you're pirating content. And there are multiple of these that have been around for the last five years, but suddenly the ads for them are showing everywhere on social media and with online ads for these pirate devices. So you pay a upfront fee and then they steal content from uh, just about everybody. It's funny, they always talk about free HBO. I didn't know the HBO was such a hook, but they all talk about being able to get that and Showtime and uh, all kinds of stuff that normally you'd pay for. So know that if you engage in buying one of these devices, you are stealing. Um, the odds you're going to get caught very low. Now on the positive side, there's a lot of free video content legitimately available right now. Sling is offering a deal for evening viewing that doesn't have a pull date on it yet that allows you to watch Sling every night for free. You don't even have to give a credit card. You register, and then they'll badger you at your email to try to get you to sign up as a customer. But you get the Sling product for nothing. HBO is doing a thing right now. If you download any of their apps to your phone or your tablet, if your tablet can support downloading an HBO app, you're able to watch some HBO, not all of it, some HBO content for free. And then at Clark.com, on my streaming guide, I've got a lot of information on free streaming services and special deals available right now where you can stream legitimate content, at least for now, for free. Kim? Paul says, can I stop my landlord from showing my rental house to investors during the lockdown? There is nothing that would prevent that other than um, what would be polite and proper during coronavirus. What I would ask of your landlord is, could your landlord come in and shoot video of the property and do a video tour for potential buyers rather than putting you potentially in danger by having strangers who could have coronavirus and don't even know it coming into the rental property. Um, this is a national emergency and it is not respectful of your health or your life to have people coming in without discussing it with you and having your permission. And people in real estate circles are really into doing video tours right now. There's no reason your landlord couldn't offer the same exact thing for potential buyers. Remember, there are potential buyers who won't come and look at the property right now because they're afraid to do so. And they could be a potential buyer that they're missing because they don't do a video tour instead. Joel? Clark JB says, my wife works for an airline. Her company put out something that is kind of confusing to us. 
They're offering a voluntary unpaid leave of absence. The company mentioned that they would verify a period of unemployment so people on these leaves could file for unemployment. They mentioned some stuff about how the CARES Act provides benefits to those who have seen their work hours cut. Is that legit, though? We assume that if you were on voluntary leave, you wouldn't qualify for these unemployment benefits. Right. So what's happened is the nation's airlines have reached deals with state unemployment offices that allow the airlines to file for unemployment for you in many states where they file the application. You don't even have to prove that you are on any kind of layoff or voluntary uh, where you're voluntarily taking unpaid leave. The airline makes the application and then the checks start coming to you for as long as the airline verifies to the state that you are unemployed. So in a normal time, no. If you took voluntary unpaid leave, you would not be eligible for unemployment. But it's one of the things that has been designed as part of the assistance to the airlines as an indirect subsidy is to allow airline employees to take unpaid leave and be able to have compensation from state unemployment and get the $600 a week federal supplement for unemployment that goes on for four months to help preserve the possibility that the airline will survive coronavirus. Kim? All right. Jordan says, a couple of years ago, before I started listening to you, I took a five-year loan from my 401k. I now know that that was a mistake because mainly I wasn't in financial distress at the time. However, now I'm on furlough and I'm concerned about the future of my company. I want to free up as much money as I can right now, and I'm looking at getting rid of that 401k loan payment. So I want to know, is it crazy for me to take a hardship withdrawal for the exact same amount as my 401k loan in order to pay it back? The monthly payment on this is $200 a month. So there's no advantage doing what you're talking about. Buy time and let's see what happens because since you have the ability to withdraw from a 401k free of 10% penalty anyway under the, the, uh, one of the coronavirus stimulus laws, there's no need for you to jump the gun and go ahead and do a hardship withdrawal that would wipe out the remainder of that loan. If you can, please keep making that $200 a month payment on that loan and uh if later you're right, the company fails, and you need to have that 401k money, at that point you can take it and wipe out that loan, pay tax, but no penalty. But there's no advantage I can think of doing it now. Keep your options where you control all the variables. When you have a question for me, post it at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel are asking your questions for you, and it's Joel's turn. Clark Wendell wants to know, what do you know about electricity-saving devices? I see one advertised in my email constantly. It apparently plugs into an outlet, reduces your electricity bill by up to 90%. Up to 90% could be anywhere between zero and 90. I'd say if you took that range you'd probably be safe at 0%. I have had this question over and over again over the years, and there is no magic device that will suddenly 
um, without you doing anything, reduce your energy consumption. The good news is that the stuff that we have been buying in more recent years, electronics, appliances, the rest, are so much more energy efficient than the ones they replaced that do you know our energy consumption in the United States has been going down and right now it's going down a lot. And I should mention something else that I keep forgetting to mention and that is the cost because of um, so many businesses being shut down, this is an upside of a downside, the cost of power to the power companies around the country has flat out collapsed. And in most states, the state regulators will require that those much lower energy costs that your power company is paying to get the power for you, that those savings be passed on to you. And that should be something showing up in your power bills later this year is big reductions in what you're paying for electricity. Kim? Craig says, I took $500 of the stimulus pay to start a 529 for my son. Moving forward, I thought I'm confused on how to contribute to it. Since a 529 plan is not taxed, is the only way to fund it by auto transfer? Yeah, you can set up where money automatically goes in. uh, Depending on the 529 plan, they may have a system where they can come in and debit from you every month, or you can automatically set up to contribute money every month. And as you're doing that 529, my favorite for you to do is the age-based portfolio where based on your child's age, as your child gets closer and closer to college, the investment mix gets more and more conservative. And then you don't have to worry about the mix of investments. They handle that for you. You may also have a state tax benefit by contributing to that 529 plan that will save you money if you live in a state with a state income tax save you money on that. The podcast normally would end here, but because of the unusual circumstances we're in, we have additional content that we recorded earlier today that I'd like you to have access to. And this will continue day by day as long as the events warrant. So we are becoming cleaning fanatics. I can't even tell you how many times a day I now wash my hands to the point that my hands are like beaten up from all the washing and people are becoming obsessed about sanitizing and cleaning. I mean, try to get any kind of, um, of those wipes like those Clorox or Lysol or store brand wipes right now because people are disinfecting everything. Well, my wife the other day decided she was going to use the wet Swiffer thingy to clean the floors around the house and did it barefoot. Well, I don't know if you know this, that stuff gets absorbed in your skin and she got really sick and uh, not enough to have to go to the doctor or hospital or whatever, but we have become a nation of fanatics at disinfecting. And I saw a new item in Bloomberg that calls to poison control centers are skyrocketing because of problems people are having with cleaners and disinfectants. So according to the CDC, 
the number of calls went way up in March as people started worrying more and more about the germs and all the rest. So know this, read label instructions carefully. If it says to use something in a well-ventilated area, open the windows before you start using whatever chemical it is in your bathroom or your kitchen. And absolutely wear shoes and gloves when you're doing these things. And if you have young kids, you're likely to have more of these chemicals that you're out and about using. Make sure you're mindful that you keep them away from your kids. And here's something else I wanted to talk about today. There was a story I saw on the Washington Post website that was data from Google. What people are searching right now versus what they searched a year ago the same time. So number one thing that people searched for a year ago was train your dragon. I have no idea what that means. Second thing, do you, either of you know, Joel or Kim, what does train your dragon mean? I think that, that was a movie, like maybe a Pixar movie or something. Okay, thank you. I, I, obviously, it would be a popular culture thing I'd know nothing about. <laughs> um, second was how to take a screenshot from something on your computer or phone. Number three, how to tie a tie. Okay, what is it now? How to make a mask with fabric. How to make hand sanitizer. How to boil eggs. How to file for unemployment. How to make French toast. How to cut your own hair. How to make whipped coffee. I don't know what that is. Um, how to make buttermilk. How to change the background on Zoom. A year ago, people would have said, Zoom what? What is that? So what people are responding to is today's really, really uh, key needs or fears. And if you look at what people are saying when they ask a where question, where to buy toilet paper? Where did coronavirus come from? Where's my refund? You know, meaning taxes. And so we are in a really, really different, difficult time. And this came out of nowhere. I mean, you think about how quickly, not that coronavirus came from anywhere, but our awareness of it as Americans just went from zero to us being uh, from absorbed to obsessed with it and the fallout from it. So think about how short a time this has been going on. And I know right now it feels like, um, I think a Star Trek term, the Kobayashi Maru, the no-win scenario. It feels at times coronavirus is the no-win scenario. But I want you to know we're going to deal with it as a society, we're going to deal with it as humans, and we are going to be okay. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.